in crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Andrew, also known as the Cashflow King, is joining us. And I'm here also on this uh, Monday, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how the SEC is publicly stating the judge was wrong in some factors of the Ripple case resolution, now citing their intentions to further review the court's decision. Elon Musk has officially begun the era of X, announcing that Twitter will be X.com. As the Fed now payment service is live in America, we explain how this product is not what it seems. And with the digital transformation of a lifetime already upon us, we break down the details, showing our community how institutions are creating the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So I want to get this right out of the way, Johnny. I am incognito this morning, and this is what happens when I go to visit family, guys. I'm on my laptop, so I can't turn my camera on, but believe me, I've got a great show prepared for today. And Johnny Crypto, I see you're at the lake house as well. So how are you feeling this morning, and thank you for being here. Abs are feeling great. It is Merlin Monday. Happy or good morning, <laughs> all the word maniacs out there today abs people think you have a sunburn but they don't realize you haven't got one yet but you're going to be getting one this week it's supposed to be hot i'm a little bit sunburned after the jet ski ride johnny yesterday so that was pretty worth it was worth it all right i'm not complaining over here but andrew cashflow how you feel my friend i know you went to the festival this weekend also congratulations i know you launched your website in your course so feel free to address that how you feeling thanks for being here yeah, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Yeah, indeed, I was at, uh, at, at a fair with, uh, with bumping cars and roller coasters and haunted house and uh, 3D uh, animations. It was great. But, you know, and, and indeed, also the, the Andrew Cashflow Academy is live, where you can also uh, sign in for the, for the Smart Investor course, where you learn all the tricks of the entry plans, the exit plans, and just how to make money on a consistent basis just with 20 minutes per day. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to help you all. And uh, yeah, I'm also looking forward to a great show. Also, Epps, uh, Johnny, happy to see you again. And uh, let's make it in a, a fantastic show today. Absolutely, guys. We're going to be talking about Ripple. We're going to talk Fed now. And also, we're going to be talking about a product that was just launched called WorldCoin, where they're combining biometrics, which means your fingerprint and your facial recognition with cryptocurrency but we already got 200 live listeners here on this monday show us some love smash that like button and we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by checking out our good morning crypto twitter account that is at 3tgm crypto on twitter go smash that follow button we love talking to you when we check out the the daily movers we usually go into the bitcoin fear and greed index i'm going to just say it's at a 50 this morning and when we look at some of the daily movers my wi-fi is not fast enough so we're going to go right into the total coin market cap this morning we are sitting at 1.17 trillion in total market cap bitcoin is 48% dominance ethereum is about 19% we've got bitcoin back below 30,000 sitting at 29,000 ethereum 1800 and xrp Back in the 60s, sitting at 69 cents. And Johnny, a lot of people are wondering, what is with the dip in the market? This is how it moves, guys. This is totally on pace for what we were expecting. A pullback after a large pump is how these crypto markets work. But Johnny Crypto, before we get into our articles, what do you take away from all the news we're seeing this weekend? Elon Musk launched X.com. Is that a shot at anybody or is this the beginning of X? 
Well, no. I mean, Elon's been fascinated with X forever. We know that that's his favorite thing. I'm surprised he doesn't have a shit ton of XRP in his bag somewhere. Maybe he does. Who knows? But uh, he's definitely fascinated with the X apps. I think that's normal. But, you know, you touched on something that's important. You know, this is why you want to have an exit plan is at the end of the day, you, you we know that nothing just goes straight up. But the problem is, you know, the retailer wants and wants to believe that things just keep going up because they they look at stuff and they see how over time prices go up. But that's not how they work. It's up, down, up, down, up, down on an on uptrend. But uh, very, very normal, you know, for the pullback. In fact, abs, I'm expecting a pullback all the way down to retesting the breakthrough point, which I think was around 55, 58 cents, you know. So to be honest with you, I think you will see XRP kind of come in to test that low if we don't have any kind of bullish news. and I should say news, but momentum in the crypto market for some time. And I'm not a TA expert, but that's what they're all saying. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. And, you know, that might be a good point to pick some more up if you're thinking of buying some XRP. Absolutely, guys. And Andrew, we already got 260 live listeners here. Thanks for joining us on this Monday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And you are reading this tweet correctly. X.com is going to be implementing the buying and selling of Dogecoin as well as other cryptocurrencies. And what gets me so excited, Andrew, is we're in 2023. Imagine when this bull market takes off. But get ready, guys. We're going to go to cash flow right after this video. This is Elon Musk talking about how X.com could capture 50% of global payments. Essentially, if, if, if done right, the X would be would, would, would serve people's financial needs to such a degree that over time it would become, I don't know, maybe half of the global financial system. Wow. Or some big number. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what the number is, but pretty big. Um, so it, it would be by far the biggest sort of financial institution. But, but like I said, not, not, not really in the way that people are used to thinking about uh, banks just um just the most efficient database for the thing that is money um it's like least amount of fraud uh, everything's real time um and if it involves money in any way it can be dealt with seamlessly on one one location andrew castle if that's not describing blockchain i don't know what is what did he describe there real-time settlement zero fraud and instantaneous payments happening transparently. This is what blockchain's all about. What do you think Elon Musk is really getting at here with changing Twitter into X.com? Do you believe we could see cryptocurrencies coming in the next 12 months? Mm, you know, whatever and how he is doing it, what I like so much in this guy, of this guy is he can think big. He can think really big. And that's what I like the most, you know? And, and I, I understand fully what he is saying because if we use a, a messaging system like a Telegram or WeChat or, or WhatsApp, you know, I, I want to send money. I can send a picture. I can send text. I can send a video. I can all send all kinds of stuff, but I cannot even send one dollar from one person to another. You know, this is totally, yeah, uh, insane. It should already have been uh, developed years ago to do this, but, you know, the banks always try to be in the middle. And what Elon is doing now is, yeah, to, to my idea, is creating a system outside the banks. And, uh, you know, I worked in the past. I worked in the text messaging industry for, uh, for implementing uh, text messaging systems. And it was a, a huge business, uh, fantastic business cases, 50, 25 cents 
per message. And then WhatsApp came in. And all of a sudden, within several weeks, all the revenue with the telecom operators was gone. Nobody was using text messaging anymore, the, the paid service, and they all went to, to WhatsApp. And I think the same will be true for as soon as a is a, uh, for example, in Twitter, you can do small payments just from one person to another. It may be $100, $1,000, maybe $5,000, $10,000. If that is, is possible and you can rely on it, I think the banks will see the, 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 the transaction volume plummet like 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 no nowhere else and actually i'm looking a little bit forward to that johnny crypto i'd love to get some of your thoughts as well we're looking at the launch of x.com this morning and what catches my attention is the letter they chose for the name is this officially the beginning of x elon musk has talked a long time about increasing payments when it comes to transparency that can be blocked. Blockchain provides that solution for the industry. You said something very interesting last night about the launch of the FedNow service. You said FedNow is basically taking payments, not into the 2020s, but we're catching up to the 2010s here. It's long overdue. So what do you think? Is Elon Musk launching X.com at the same time the Federal Reserve launches FedNow? Is that a coincidence to you? What's really going on here? Well, I don't know so much about that, but what I kind of feel is like FedNow is, is now coming up, catching up and bringing us to maybe 2010. Whereas Elon's bringing us to 2027, you know, kind of full-blown blockchain. And so, uh, you know, Elon, listen, we all knew when he bought Twitter that we were he was going to turn it into WeChat. If you go to China, I've been to Asia, you know, WeChat, they literally take their phone and WeChat, they do everything. They buy, you know, everything they want to buy is with WeChat. You literally go in there and you pay with WeChat. And that's basically what I think Elon saw that opportunity and said, hey, that's not in the U.S. happening here yet. But somebody's going to do it. Why not be me? And he did. He came in and he's doing it. Uh, and so I guess it's the day. The one thing I was unclear, I, I've been a little bit behind because so much going on. But is the uh, is he converting actually Twitter? So Twitter name is going to be gone. It's like meta. It's just going to be called X. Yep. Or is it the payment system that's going to be called? Or is it the payment system of Twitter that's going to be called X? That was a little unclear to me. Twitter was officially buried this weekend. We had a funeral service, Johnny. So it's X.com okay. this morning. Sorry, man, I was out there on the lake, so I didn't have time to follow you. I don't watch it. <laughs> hey, I'm filling you in. You asked the question. <laughs> no, no, that's interesting. So Twitter, so Meta's gone. So Facebook goes to Meta. Twitter goes to X. We got all these new changes coming in. Very, very fascinating, I think, in terms of, you know, how these guys are rebranding these companies as they move them into the future apps. And so fascinating that X, you know, is the key, you know, symbol for XRP. But yet you don't really hear Elon talking too much about X being a big part of, you know, or XRP being a big part of his thing. He's really big on Doge, and it'll be interesting to see how far he can carry Doge uh, to the moon. I know everybody is interested in X.com, but guys, RIP to Twitter this week. We've got 330 live listeners here. Shovel some love, smash that like button, and a lot of listeners are wondering, Johnny, are you a man of your word? Because you said you would do a cannonball in the lake after the Ripple lawsuit. I promise you, we're gonna bring that on Good Morning Crypto. On Good Morning Crypto, let me let me address that now because I've seen that comment come up many times in the chat there. So yes, you know, you guys tune in one day this week. Abs, I'm not gonna tell anybody what day we're gonna do it, but we'll pick a day this week and uh, we'll do the the Johnny Crypto Cannonball Splash. I promised I would do it, but uh, I'm not gonna tell you what day we're gonna do it. So tune in one of these days this week. We will definitely do that at the end of the show. 
Johnny Crypto, and another big topic of this weekend is the SEC officially stated in the Terra Labs lawsuit that they disagree with some of the decisions by the judge. And this is a, something that we're going to see more and more of throughout the coming months. All of our community was waiting for this lawsuit to end. Little did we know the marketing campaign for the SEC would begin at the same time. We're about to show you a video of two Bitcoin maximalists discussing the XRP resolution because believe it or not, or not our community is in the minority here, guys. The Bitcoin maximalists, they're the majority of the crypto market. I think it's, we'll get to this in a little bit, but I think it's unfortunate that the judge here chose the specific labels of institutional purchases yeah. and programmatic purchases or institutional sales and programmatic sales to refer to these two categories. She could have picked any label in the world. Yeah. She chose those two labels. And I think that has caused some confusion because people think, well, if I, it's, it's about who you are, what your position is in the world. Oh, so, so if I'm an institutional uh, you know, buyer, then I have certain protections from the SEC. But if I'm a mere retail right. buyer, like a mom and pop, then I don't have these protections. It sounds like a classic inversion of the public policy rationale for securities law, which is... And Johnny, I'm going to play the remainder of this, but let's just talk about what's really going on here. The SEC was built to protect people like Johnny Crypto, Andrew Cashflow, and Abs here not to protect the trillion-dollar institutions that have infinite money flowing into their pockets. This ripple ruling makes that a lot more confusing. Although we, run, we won on the sales of on secondary sales through exchanges, sales to institutions are now considered securities, at least when it comes to this lawsuit. And I think that makes it very confusing for the average person. Maybe you can explain that here. What really happened in the resolution here? Can Ripple sell to institutions? And if so, what, is this, what does this lawsuit really affect? Well, you know, the, the reality is when they sold to institutions, they literally followed the Howey test. They went to an institution, they sold them some of their XRP with the promise that it would go up based on some work they were going to do to get the system implemented. That's a security, dude. You know, bottom line is that's just, the, you know, what people get confused about is, is, is that rule. You, you, it's, it's They don't understand that if you do those elements, you're a security in almost anything you do. If I offer something to the general public, like when we created PCA, we wanted to offer that to the general public. If we had done that, we would have been a security. We chose not to do it because we didn't have 100 to 200 grand to go file and do that, Abs. So the reality is, yes, this is where the ruling gets confusing because you can be a security in some instances and not know. So now let's apply the Holly rule to the programmatic sales on an exchange. If I go or you go and you go buy, so this is why I think the judge made the right call, even though it's confusing. If you and I go buy XRP on the exchange today, first of all, we are not buying it from Ripple. I ain't buying it because Ripple promised me that it's going to go up based on their efforts. I haven't talked to them about it. I might have done my own research on it, but I haven't. They, there's no documentation that says they're gonna, you know, they're gonna do this, and I'm gonna get X return, blah blah blah. Right? That that, that doesn't exist. Um, there's just promise for them, their system to potentially solve a real world use case, and that's what I'm potentially investing in. But I'm not buying directly from them, apps. So therefore, the the Howie rule goes out the window. I don't own any shares or growth potential of Ripple, the company, when I buy the coin. <clears throat> Okay? But if I buy a share of Microsoft, okay, I own now a piece of the company. And if they do well, I do well. So there's a you know a lot of hairy things on the edge here to think about. But when you buy a cryptocurrency, it's a unique and completely different beast because 
the cryptocurrency doesn't get you access to the company or benefits of the company, whereas a share of stock does. So it's very different. And this is why I'm saying the only way to really solve this problem, in my opinion, is Congress has to come and say, hey, this is a different beast. We have something new, something different here. And we can't apply a rule from 1943 or 1946 to something that was invented in 1988 and hasn't really come to still hasn't come to fruition yet. It's still in the development right now in 2023. But we have one element that's different right off the bat. When I buy a cryptocurrency, I don't own the company. I don't own stock. Therefore, somebody's got to write some new rules saying, how do you handle that? What does that mean? And you talked about this the other night. How much ownership of the validation of the validators Versus the actual coin itself matters, right? I can't, yep. I don't have a voting right when I buy the coin, but if I own a node, I do have a voting right. So, all that, there's so many different things that come into play, apps that this poor judge cannot. She's trying to apply rules from 1946 that don't matter, and people are pissed off the way she did it. No, she did the best she could do with what she had. Now, Congress has to go and do their job and bring us regulation that makes sense to this new technology. Andrew Castle, a lot of people are wondering when the SEC's attack on crypto stopped with Ripple. It seems to be the opposite. It seems like this opened up a new can of worms for the entire industry. And we got 389 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Andrew Cashflow, I'm going to read one brief response from the SEC and kick it straight to you, my friend. Respectfully, those portions of Ripple were wrongfully decided, said the SEC, and this court should not follow them. The SEC staff is considering the various available avenues for further review and intends to recommend that the SEC seek such a review. That is a very polite way of saying they completely disagree with the opinion and they're probably going to appeal. But Andrew Cashflow, floor is yours, my friend. What do you take from these statements? They, they are not done yet. So the agenda is not completed yet. I think they uh, are, you know, they run, ran out of time. There was two and a half years and, 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 and a, a ruling had, had to be made by the judge. So that's done. But I think from, yeah, the, the, the institutions and the other uh, secret agenda behind uh, uh, the SEC is not completed yet. So they need to buy additional time. And that's what they're saying here. We are now trying to buy additional time. And uh, I, I also agree with, with Johnny. Uh, yeah, the Congress also needs to come in, in, into action. But why aren't they doing anything? Because I think they are also, I think both parties are, are, are afraid of losing their position to, to create money. I mean, uh, every year the debt ceiling must be increased or every four years, I'm not sure about it, what it is. It's everything, it's a hustle. To do that, and then uh, big, uh, big newspaper uh, headlines, and oh, is uh, is the U.S. bankrupt? And, you know, and then they increase the the the, the debt ceiling again. Uh, so there are so much hidden agendas herein, and and SEC is the yeah is the is the marionette who has to play uh, and, and 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 to do the stuff. So to my idea, it there must be just a second or an, another how we test and call it the crypto test. I don't care. And just divide it into two sections. Yeah, the what if a company, a startup company, just wants to uh, uh, sell to institutions, you know, then then it's a security. Uh, 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 and uh, if the if it goes to the to the to the to the public retail, then it isn't. You know, and and that something new must be created, but it looks like there is not. Not enough willingness in the in at, at the at the governmental level 
to 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 stake to take a step in that direction there is only withdrawal and 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 delaying so i think we need to be patient what uh, what will happen next Johnny Crypto, it reminds me of a tweet that you actually retweeted this weekend. It said, by 2030, the CLO at Coinbase believes 100% of people will be exposed to cryptocurrency. That's going to come through upgrades like X.com and FedNow Service. I don't think everybody on the planet is going to start downloading Coinbase and buying Bitcoin. Am I right here? So what are you really thinking? What's on your mind, Johnny? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, that was a really fascinating article there where it was... You know, where he talked about by 2030, everybody will know what cryptocurrency is. And, and you know, it's the same thing. Like if you went back to 1997 and you told people everybody's going to know what the Internet is, Abs, nobody would have believed you. Everybody said you're full of crap and it's not real and it would never happen. And it was for bad and nefarious things. And the reality is everybody in the mother uses it right now. Right. You can't even survive. You can't even do anything without the Internet. And I kind of feel like the same thing is going to happen with cryptocurrency. When we get into those areas where we're, you know, five years from now, eight years from now, we're right now, Abs, you talk to people, everybody says cryptocurrency is a scam, right? All your friends say you're crazy. Uh, they tell you, why do you do it? Why are you in it? That thing's horrible. Five years from now, they're like, oh, I knew this was coming. I told you it was coming. Like, I already see some friends flipping on it, already starting to say that. I'm like, wait a minute. Last year, you were saying it's a scam, and now you're, you're starting to think about crypto. So that's going to happen, Abs. Be ready for all your friends to pull some serious level of hypocrisy in the next few years. Andrew Cashflow, and there's a lot of ties between the Federal Reserve and Ripple, but people are making the assumption that XRP could be involved in the FedNow service. We're going to dispel some of those claims for our listeners. Here's an, here's an absolute connection between Ripple and FedNow, and then we can actually get into the fundamentals of this upgrade. We already got 414 live listeners here joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And right now, we are going through the upgrade of a lifetime when it comes to finances. And it's articles like this that really highlight that. Volante congratulates the Federal Reserve on their launch of their FedNow service. Why is it important that Volante Technologies congratulated the FedNow? They are an official partner of Ripple and an official user of RippleNet services. So people are making the assumption, could we see a day where Volante connects the RippleNet services to the FedNow payment system? This video right here might dispel some of those rumors. In your bank account, the Federal Reserve announcing it has gone live with its new FedNow instant payment system, a system that should allow households and businesses to send payments and receive money immediately without those troubling three-day holds on checks and waiting for payments to clear in the sender's account and waiting for the bank to open on Monday or after a holiday. The FedNow system is an instant payment system. It's available 24-7, 365 days a year. To begin with, 35 banks and 16 service providers have already signed up. Those banks include things like J.P. Morgan and Wells Fargo, as well as smaller credit unions and other banks. Unclear if the banks are going to charge for this instant payment. They are charged, but they may or may not pass that along to consumers. Uh, Fed Chair Jay Powell saying in a press release, over time, as more banks choose to use this tool, the benefits to individuals and businesses will include enabling a person to immediately receive a paycheck or a company to instantly access funds when an invoice in, is paid. This doesn't eliminate the PayPals and the Venmos of the world or Zelle. Or the X.com, Johnny's. But one of the things I really took from this video is it's getting rid of two major problems in the banking industry. Number one, why is my bank closed on Saturday and Sunday? That is the most outdated concept I've ever heard of. Number two, why am I waiting three or four days for my settlements? These, this is a solution to that problem. It fixes both of those things and it doesn't involve cryptocurrency. So I'm going to ask you something you may not be anticipating. A lot of people are saying this is the step 
towards central bank digital currencies. Do you agree, or is this just an enhancement of fiat payments? No, I think it's more of an enhancement of payment system, per se, where we're talking about just the ability. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw the conclusion, though, why I think people get confused. All you're really seeing, Abs, is this is an upgrade of an archaic system that should have been able to operate behind the scenes, similar to what cryptocurrency does uh, on the weekends of 24-7. And that's why people are confused and kind of thinking it's crypto related because crypto can operate on 24 seven, but so can software. So can the internet, so can servers, anything can, if you write the right code. Right. And so what you're seeing here abs is the archaic banking system getting to a place where finally now we can have transactions on a weekend. Somebody in a back office doesn't sit there and need to process it anymore. They've got automated systems where the communication is talking to each other and these things can process and can happen um overnight automatically so that you know banks will still probably be closed on sunday just for the record okay they're they're closed on sunday because they want to be closed on sunday but the point is when you go and do a transaction on friday if it's like after 4 p.m or 2 p.m that transaction doesn't count until it's it's not it appears as if you made that transaction on monday which then needs to process overnight till tuesday right so it's like a long that's crazy well that piece of it has been fixed apps through existing code and software and solutions that are now going to automate that so now when you go cash your check or you go do something on a friday you won't have to wait till tuesday to see it in your account it's going to happen instantly but that that's not that's not a cbdc but is it a step closer to or does it similarly act similarly to the fact that things can happen quickly yes i think that's where people are drawing conclusions and getting confused but there's a whole different situation of a blockchain ledger recording everything and and somebody or a banking system having access to all that thing directly to consumer that's where the cbdc thing is and that's i think we're still far ways away from that but certainly you can see how people draw the conclusion because of the fact that you have instant payment now settlements and you're hearing you know ripple always talking about that as well hey let's let's make let's make it clear there is a difference between a coin and a system a system is a machine and a coin uses the machine. It's like the fuel in the machine. So FedNow is just a machine or a system that makes it possible for yeah, instant instant payments from or a payment or transactions between one bank to another or one consumer to, to another. Which, which, is, which is about time to, to do that because in, in Europe, we have the, the SEPA system, which is called single euro uh, European payment area, you know, we, we can just uh, transfer money and it is there within nah, yeah, minutes still. And if you do it international with, within a couple of hours. So so it's it's very fast. You know, if I'm in a restaurant and I want to uh, say, okay, we want to share the split the bill, I can just, in, in my app, I can just, with, with, we have several banks in the Netherlands, we can just transfer money instantly, instantly, in, in a second. You know, and it has nothing to do with crypto or with blockchain, not at all. It's just a, a system, several banks or all the, all the banks are commun- or, or connected to the system and they just exchange information with each other. So, you know, don't make it worse than it is. It is it's about time that uh, the FedNow system would be in place. However, yeah, it is, it is a nice uh, uh, step into the direction of also using cryptocurrencies. But... Not, not necessarily. 
So that's my uh, two cents here from Europe. Absolutely, Andrew, and respectfully, NFT Tones. If you show up 30 minutes late to the show, you gotta sit in time out for a little bit. So first, let's get an, <laughs> let's get an apology for our listeners. NFT Tones, how you feeling and what's good? Yeah, I'm sorry I'm late. I know I had a rough morning, rough start, but um, it's good to be here. I I just want to ask you guys: Do you guys think that as a group, do you guys think that Fed now is kind of here to test out and see how CBDs would work in the future and like that kind of thing? Personally, I feel like this is kind of all a big test to see how CBDCs would work because, like, we've had this technology for a long time. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, why wasn't FedNow implemented 10 years ago? I mean, personally, we've all seen this technology. We've known it's existed. Crypto has existed for the longest time now, but now it's finally being implemented. So I'm kind of wondering, was this all part of the plan? You know, it's a fair question. I mean, it's certainly the timing does make you wonder, like, are they prepping us, you know, for these next steps? And I and I, I kind of feel that to some degree that part of it could be true, you know, you know, kind of slowly turning people into this process. Um, so ultimately, at the end of the day, I think we all know where we're headed. I think we all know that CBDCs are coming. There's no way around it. I think this certainly brings you a step closer to what CBDCs can do. There will be instant settlements, no question about it. And, and we're now already there. But the thing is, the way to think about this, guys, is the CBDC now is going to be more of a back-end appearance or a back-end uh, fix, if you will, on how things operate. Abs, and we talked about this several times on this show and on the Merlin's bases, where the front end, like the Venmos and the cash apps and all the banks, they were already, you know, enabling you to send money. It looks like I can send you via cash app money instantly and it's there in your account. Right. But it's not really in your account until all the stuff in the back end needs to happen two to three days later. Well, that piece is now being solved by this new system they have. That's not blockchain, but to make that system even more immutable and secure, eventually it'll switch over to blockchain. And so I think, it is a stepping stone to help us get there. But then the things that CBDCs can do that this can do are completely different. And that's kind of where I was talking about, like all the tracking and things like that, Andrew which Cash everybody has a concern of. You're spot on, Johnny. And Andrew Cash, though, the more I see videos of Europe, the more it looks like a dystopian future out there. But I just want to read a couple of lines and get some thoughts. One of our listeners commented, if we can't fight it, but we can profit from it. Why not take part in this movement? I do in a lot of ways agree with that initial statement, Andrew. And I'd like to get some of your thoughts, actually, before I even read this article. We continue to talk about Ripple, but the implementation of central bank digital currencies is going to become the topic of conversation over the next half decade. Do you agree with the statement? If we can't fight it, we may as well profit from this growth. Uh, yeah. If you if you can't beat them, join them. I mean, uh, that, that's what we always say. So uh, no worries at all. And uh, uh, but, but still, also, yeah, have your backs filled with, with XRP, and and because XRP, we, we know for sure will play an important role. Do we know exactly which role? No, we don't know yet. But okay, but if there are other companies profit, I mean, I also invest in stocks, I invest in Bank of America and other, other major banks, I invest in, in IT companies, in, in technology companies. They are all working. I also invest in AI. And is AI and crypto the, the, the right combination? I don't know. But, you know, as long 
as I can make money with investing. Yeah, I go, I go with them. I don't fight them. No, not at all. So uh, I would say, be wise and 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 understand what is happening, and 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 make your moves to uh, yeah to increase your wealth. Johnny Crypto, and with the with the positive news around Ripple, it seems the fake news has picked up bigger than ever. And this is an article that was circulating on Twitter this weekend. I think is worth addressing. NAB, which is the National Bank of Australia forms an international banking innovation network. And the reason they're talking about Ripple here is because it is cited within this article. So before we go through this, guys, this is an article from 2016 from the National Bank of Australia discussing how Ripple can be used to upgrade their payment system. But we got 431 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to say thank you to Tones, Andrew, and Johnny Crypto for being here as well. We're excited to be working with the CIBC and have already partnered with them using Ripple's blockchain technology. This can be used to complete international payment transfers between our banks as a proof of concept. We believe that the technology has the potential to not only deliver real-time international payments, but also improve security, efficiency, and our payment systems as a whole. So this is an important piece of work here. Now, the reason we're talking about it on Good Morning Crypto in 2023 is because they were circulating this article stating that this was a new partnership. They're regurgitating old news here, Johnny Crypto. And we had a great conversation last night with Crypto Erie about this. What do you take away from these partnerships? Now, I'm going to take this a direction you may not be anticipating. We got that out of the way. The news articles are fake news. But when you talk about the Ripple partnerships in 2016, are those still reliable? Or do those just, they're too far back now. We can't really take them into consideration. That is a wonderful question. And I'm glad you brought that up. Because the way I look at it, when I see something that has an article that's written six, seven years ago, frankly, abs, and this is me, nobody else has to do it. It has zero credibility in my mind. It's too long ago. It's too far away. We were in a speculative, speculative area back in in those time frames with the bull runs. Think about 2016. That was a, just a year before the 2017 bull run. So, of course... If you think of the way things work, the narratives, they're going to start pumping narratives, start pumping out news, start driving things up, right? Has zero value in my mind when something's that old. I mean, frankly, to be honest with you, if something's more than a year or two old, I have zero. I, If it's a year old, I'm already, spec, you know, it's already in my mind suspicious. But, uh, you know, I'm looking for relatively recent news, something that's within three to six months, right? And even then, and I talked about this last night on Merlin Spaces. Even then, you still have to take all this stuff with a grain of salt apps because just because somebody announces a partnership that they're working together to try out a technology, it doesn't mean they're going to actually use the technology, okay? I gave examples of where this happened many, many times in the technology space. We're always trying out new technology. We may sign partnership deals with four or five, six different companies to try out their technologies. And sometimes we may do something with one of them, or we may walk away from all six of them. So if you had bought on that speculation that, hey, you know, we partnered with these six companies, we're doing something, and we walk away with none, well, then you lose. So you just have to take all this stuff with a grain of salt, abs, all these articles, all these news. First, you have to validate, are they even real? That's number one. Number two, validate when was it really written? The first thing I do whenever I look at an article is I look for the date of when when that new article is written. And then I look to see the source. And then you look to see, was it a prior article that somebody just regurgitated five years ago? Because then it's meaningless, in my opinion. And there's a lot of that going on right now, especially with the XRP news that came out of a lawsuit. There's a lot of bad people out there, a lot of bad actors. 
that are going to take advantage of a time like this and start flooding out all this news again for whatever nefarious purpose they want because they know everybody's excited right now about the, the court ruling. Andrew Castle, I'm going to kick it straight to you. I just want to address this one comment here. They said, Abs, why are you bringing up the old article? It's not relevant. I, I agree. That's why we're discussing That's it. the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's circulating on Twitter. A lot of our popular, I guess, XRP educators or, or people in the space were retweeting this article like it was new. We wanted to provide our listeners the, the truth behind this, that the article itself is real. It's just seven years old, so it's not new news. That's the reason we're discussing it. But Andrew Cashflow, floor is yours, my friend. Hey, guys. Imagine. I mean, I, I worked a lot in IT, jo Johnny also. Um, what is a partnership? A partnership on sich doesn't say anything. It is about what is the goal of that partnership. Do they have a project in place? Do they have specific deadlines to meet? Is there a specific target to, to reach? Uh, how many people are involved? How much money is involved in the partnership? Uh, I mean, I mean, if two major companies, big companies say, yeah, we do a partnership. And maybe there are two engineers working together and exploring some stuff. Yeah, and they have a budget of maybe, now say 10 hours per week. So they together spend 20 hours per week exploring some stuff. And then there come a press release. Oh, we do a partnership and it is big and huge. No, it's nothing. They are just drinking coffee and, and, and exploring some stuff. And it, it is totally fright, fright air and not more than that. So really, <laughs> if you see a partnership, then I would say dive into it. See if you can figure out what are the, 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 the goals of that partnership. Is there a deadline? Is there a project? If it's not, it's just superficial and they are just get getting used to each other because maybe in future something others other happens and then they are already lined up a little bit the people know each other a little bit you know so then then you build a sort of basis and no, and nobody knows because it's always partnerships are often with closed pockets so the amount of time and effort and, and money that's spent sent spent by one part and the hour and the other one is the same so it's with close pockets and uh, yeah you know it is um, dive in do your homework and then you can judge a partnership and a partnership of seven years ago okay let's see what happened seven years ago what happened six years ago five years what did it deliver the partnership and if you are have a partnership for seven years and i have not seen any substantial results from that partnership what, what kind of partnership are we talking about? Right. Well, yes. Abs, hold on, Abs, I have to chime in here because Andrew said so much that needs to be unpacked there. Uh, but more importantly, number one, so somebody said to you, Abs, why are you bringing up this old article? It's irrelevant. No, it's actually not. To, to Andrew's point, what you want to do when you see an old article like that is go Google if you can find out any more news and updates on that relationship. Did it grow? Did it break apart? Did it end? Where did it go? There's actually some benefit and kind of knowing where it landed. That's number one. Number two, I said this last night on, on the Merlin Spaces app. To me, I get more excited, and this is going to sound weird, you almost don't want to hear the news because the reality is if you're hearing the news, it's probably not really real or it's not as significant as when it's not. Because as a technology company, when we go into partnerships with companies, apps, do you know what we do? We sign something called an NDA. And NDA stands for a non-disclosure agreement. That means if I'm working with a company, I can't talk to the general public. I can't write articles to the public 
of what I'm doing with this other company and the partnerships I have, right? I'm working on them behind the scenes. As Andrew said, our engineers talking to their engineers, trying to figure out, is do we have something here? Can we make this work together? Can we both make money on this? Does the business model work for both sides? Blah, 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 all that good stuff, right? None of that's public. We don't disclose any of that. You're never going to hear about those things. So what I said last night on the show is when I get excited is when I hear friends and other partners talking about things, you know, hey, we're, we're doing this or we're doing that. And maybe they shouldn't be leaking it, but they kind of talk about it. those are the times you get excited because then, you know, something's really happening. Because if they're actually telling you something's happening, a lot of times these companies, when they're working with someone, they won't tell you. So if they are saying something I always question how meaningful that partnership really is, or is it just to try to get a bump up in price for a few days for a short Johnny term? Crypto, let me actually add to that argument right there because you said something great. This Earlier this year, a lot of people were discussing the project Cypherium because of the connections they had to the Federal Reserve. What did Johnny Crypto just say? If they're telling you about the partnership, it's probably not worth noting. Now, that's very counterintuitive, right? It makes it extra confusing. But what happened with Cypherium is this. Cypherium was a small proof-of-work blockchain that was that was partnered with the Federal Reserve, and they were using it for very small payments to test proof-of-work. People went on to say, oh, look, this is a partnership, and they basically said that someday the Federal Reserve would be using this blockchain. All of that was an assumption based off the initial news, and that's a primary example of what Johnny just broke down. Because we saw XRP in a MoneyGram patent, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get use cases, and that doesn't necessarily mean they wouldn't use a different currency. But we got 450 live listeners here on this Monday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And when we're talking about real-time partnerships, my brother's in the room, so what's up, Michael? Uh, we're going to talk about Ripple right now because Ripple has some real partnerships that are worth addressing. And no, they're not with the Central Bank of Australia. The lack of leg regulatory clarity is pushing crypto firms away from the U.S., said Ripple CLO. And in May, much of the company's development has been happening outside of the U.S. and in Asia in particular. Ripple's been in development with Hong Kong's Monetary Authority to pilot program central bank digital currencies. They're also working on creating tokenized assets and securities for Chinese new digital economy. Ripple obtained an in-principle approval for a payments license in Singapore as well, through which of most of the remittances are processed by the platform. Japan has also introduced a crypto-specific regulation, as the European Union has become arguably one of the first jurisdictions with a comprehensive crypto framework. Ripple went and applied for a payments license in Ireland and also in the UK as part of its plan to continue growing exponentially in the region. Johnny Crypto, if that's not bullish news, I don't know what is. It's so funny because we're focused on fake news. We got five real partnerships that our listeners can focus on. Let's kick it to you and then Andrew Castle and then Tones. What are you thinking? Well, there you go. So let me break that down for you. So basically, if a company is going out of its way to go to another country to go file the paperwork so it can work in that country, then it obviously has identified some missions, some use cases, some partnerships it wants to work with out there. Okay, and that is, therefore is a meaningful article. That means, okay, something's going on here. Now, it's not a home run slam dunk. It doesn't mean, you know, that everyone's going to use XRP in Ireland. No. But what it does tell you is they're doing the things you do to start building adoption for your technology. And so this is a bullish article. In that case, it's exciting. But again, you know, just you don't assume all these partnerships are going to come to fruition. But it certainly is a very bullish indicator, and it gives you a direction of where the company, at least one insight into where the company is uh, direction of where they're looking, you know, projecting to go. So for me, that's what I take away from it. Totally bullish news. 
Andrew Cashflow, I just want to stay on this. We're going to go back into the XRP news here, but one of our listeners, Node Army, asked a great question. He said, Abs, you guys used to discuss good projects and bring new options to the table. Is there any new projects that you believe our listeners should be researching? None of this is financial advice. We're not financial advisors, guys. Quant Networks is one that we continue to focus on. That is a very low market cap. It's not a coin that's speculative. It's not a meme coin type deal. We only focus on what the financial firms are using. That's why we talk about XRP, XLM, Quant Networks, HBAR, Algorand, and we continue to avoid coins like Cardano, which despite having some of the most development in the planet, they have some of the least amount of use cases on the planet. But Andrew Cashflow, now that I've gotten that out of the way, what do you take from this news here? Over five real partnerships are happening outside of the United States, China, Singapore, Japan, the EU, and now Ireland crypto could be coming to. What does this mean to you, my friend, that the fact that Ripple's expanding outside of the U.S.? Yeah, it is. Uh, I already expected that. And that, to my opinion, they also do a lot in, 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 the, in, the, in the far far east. I mean, they, they, they are a lot of stuff. And as soon as you see this kind of news, this 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 this, this not the news of partnerships. You know, they are opening uh, 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 offices in, in those countries. So that means they are really investing real money. So there is a business case behind it. And if there is a business case, there must be a projected profit in the future. So they are really seriously uh, uh, thinking about expanding their business. And yeah, you know, if, if, if you cannot expand your business in the US, yeah, you go somewhere else. And that, that's pretty logical. And that, that's what we see happening now. So uh, to, to my opinion, nothing, uh, nothing new under the sun. Tones, what's nice about being 25 is that you get to have a long-term time frame, my friend. And one of the projects our listeners are asking about is Flare because they've continued to provide deadlines and missed those deadlines. I just want to get some thoughts from you. When it comes to development, they often take much longer than people are anticipating. But does that does that hinder the way you view the project? Because Flare is taking longer than it should to launch, does that actually, I guess, tarnish their reputation when it comes to the project in and of itself? I mean... So, yeah, I mean, the longer it takes, the more deadlines they push past and that they say they're going to do something and they don't, people are going to lose their trust in it. And I mean, the longer time goes on, people are going to be like, where, where is the network? What's going on? And so on. And so I feel like it, they need to stop pushing out dates that are unrealistic and they need to come up with a more realistic idea of when they can actually get the flare network out so that they stop pushing out these dates because what they're really doing is hyping up the community and then letting it die. And so the more that this happens, the more people are going to leave the flare network. So what they really need to do is come up with a way to keep people in there without overhyping them so that they don't go away. You're spot on. And Johnny, I do want to get your thoughts on this out in Singapore. Sorry, out in San Francisco this morning, they're hiring two developers for central bank digital currencies. I'm looking for the document and I just found it right here, guys. So this is the document that's circulating on Twitter right now. The San Francisco central bank is looking to hire a product manager for central bank digital currencies. And I called it the San Francisco Federal Bank. Let me correct myself. It is the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. They're also looking for a senior crypto architect to, again, focus on central bank digital currencies. They're putting it right in our faces, Johnny Crypto, with articles like this circulating online. They're only paying 110000 to take people's freedom away. I don't think that's a high enough price tag. But what do you think, hiring in San Francisco? Is this the beginning of the CBDC movement in America? 
I think you should apply for a job, Abby. You'd be a good project manager, I think, maybe. I like I, pro- I like to provide freedom. I destroy the system. Um, no, this is great. This is great uh, investigative work. And, and, and this is the kind of stuff exactly that you're looking for when you're in this space and these kinds of things that have meaning. This shows you. And I talked about this a few years ago on the show. You always look to see where companies are hiring. That's the best indicator to show you where the future is going. And then, but this is, you know, like if you put this two years ago, we'd be like, oh my God, it's happening. We all know this is coming. So no shock or surprise here at all that the Federal Reserve banks, uh, and you'll probably see each one of them do it. This is San Francisco. You'll have the New York office. They'll all end up doing it, Abs. Every single one of them probably already has this up there or they will start having it up there where they're all going to start developing their own trial. But the thing is, Think about this, like China's already got this and they're out there. We're two years behind already and we're going to be even many more years behind because we're just getting started, right? So nonetheless, I think this is just a great indicator of where it's headed. We've always said for a while that the reality is there is no uh, way to, you know, nobody here saying we're going to stop it, right? We're just saying, hey, look, it's coming. So somebody said this earlier in the show in the chat, how do you profit off of it? That's what we're trying to do here, guys. We're just trying to figure it out to make sense of all this stuff. And how do you put yourself and your family in a position to generate, uh, to, to put yourself in the generational wealth off of the, the coming system that we know is going to happen? And this is just for further validation apps that it's coming. Andrew Castle, there's a couple of ways we can end this show, but I want to remind our listeners, we got 410 of you joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And I want to make a promise to you on Good Morning Crypto. If we get over 300 likes before the end of this video, Johnny Crypto is going to backflip off the deck for our listeners. So really, smash that like button. If that's not motivation for you guys, I don't really know what is. But this is an awesome video I found this weekend. As the Digital Pound Foundation, which is an official partner of Ripple, is discussing the benefits of digital currencies and how right now, innovation is moving quicker than ever. Financial services for under and unbanked populations, and also encourage, uh, or I should say, enhance direct person to person payments. We think that the initiatives will help to enhance existing payment infrastructures. It will, digital currencies can help increase the speed and efficiency of payments. So I'm not sure if you guys are finding this interesting. Let me know, Johnny Crypto. Give me a thumbs up. We can move on here because it's a little bit dry, but okay, you are. All right, I'm going to play the remainder of this video. Here we go. Uh, we think that the um, initiatives generally will help to foster features like smart contracts and programmable money will be the basis of new financial services. We also think there's an opportunity for digital currencies to help reduce energy use and environmental resources by, by presumably phasing out the printing of paper money and the minting of coins. Um, so we think that there are a lot of, uh, we see a lot of different threads being fostered by the development of digital currencies. At the same time, we recognize that central banks are really grappling with how to encourage these while also... Johnny Crypto, what really catches my attention here is tokenization is what she's addressing without saying the word. And Andrew Castle, I'm going to go straight to you, but Johnny Crypto, floor is yours. I wanted to hear the next section where she said, why also what? Let her finish saying that. What was she about ready to say? stability and control of their monetary systems. And this comes back to, okay. you know, as different countries work right, on you can stop it. ensuring. So abs, basically very fascinating. I mean, guys, 
I don't know if you didn't watch that video, but go back and watch this if you haven't. She gave you two big nuggets. Obviously, one we all know, you know, digital currency's coming, central bank money's coming, but you, you heard what she said. She also made a very good point to say, oh, we're going to stop the printing of money and the minting of money, right? So cash and coin are going away, and basically this will be the only system that's going to be out there, Abs, it's coming down the road. And again, I, I think everybody who's in this chat already knows this is coming. There's no surprise here. But the question you got to ask yourself is, what are you doing to prepare for that day? What are you going to do when you wake up and you can no longer use the greenback that you got in your mattress or in your safe or in your bank? And the only way to transfer money now is going to be digitally, electronically. What are you going to do? What is that going to mean? And have you taken advantage and capitalized on the new systems since you knew today and even earlier that cash was going away? And these new rails are coming. I'm going to say something that I don't know if I should say, Johnny Crypto, but I'm going to do it anyways for our oh, listeners. Boy. Here we go. This is the breaking news, guys. The House of Financial Services Committee has announced the markup of legislation aimed to provide regulatory clarity around crypto assets. That is huge for the United States, but that's not what I was going to share with our listeners. Johnny Crypto talked about the day when you won't be able to use cash. I'm going to describe a situation where you wouldn't need to use cash. So let's say I invest in Bitcoin at 30000 It goes to hundred k in 2026. I cash out my 70000 in profit, and you know what I do with it? I don't put it into Bank of America. I don't put it into JP Morgan. I turn it into USDC and put it on my ledger. I never have to interact with a bank, Johnny, but let's talk about it. Is that a reliable solution so that you don't have to take your cash, because it's a stable coin, and put it in the bank? You can instead self-custody your dollars and hopefully save some of those greenbacks. Yeah, you literally, well, you forget about saying greenbacks. They'll be useless. You just light the fire with them. That's all they'll be good for. Um, but you did talk about, you know, you're right. It's going to be a, a system has to be developed that's secure and safe enough and not hackable that people can trust that when they go in and they trade something or cash it in or do something, that they get that USDC or whatever that stable coin is going to be that we're going to use and that it's safe and, and it's trustable. And it's also got to be on their phone. You know, and, you know, I, I laugh at Mr. Miyagi here after he says, oh, I'm going to sell my silver at the local pork shop. Yeah. Sell it into what? Because you ain't getting cash. So you can sell it, but you're going to walk away with silver. So you convert the real money into fake money. So that's kind of funny. Uh, that uh, I'm not sure that's a, a, a real solution. Now, if he had said he was going to use the silver to go buy something with it, maybe go buy some food or something, if someone's willing to accept it, that would have made more sense. But to sell the pawn shop into digital money well you might as well just go to the bank and convert your silver into digital money because that's basically doing the same thing and you know what i would do i would do the following if i would have that seventy thousand dollars cashed out i at least i want to buy something that cannot be printed for example you know i'm in storage boxes so i would buy maybe one or two additional storage boxes then my tenants will pay money uh, maybe in the, the, the central bank digital currency. But anyway, I have to go to do groceries. And with what money do I need to buy my groceries? With the central bank digital currency. So I can live from those, yeah, fr from that money. And I can and I can also grow my wealth and, and, and go from there. So I think, you know, think twice and, and you know, to, to put it all in USDC in a wallet. Mm, I'm not so sure if I would do that uh, app, so don't, don't agree. 
I appreciate the input, Andrew. And honestly, I just I, I like the fact that you disagree because I don't necessarily think I'm right. I'm just trying to look for solutions so I don't have to deposit into my bank. And then they can say, oh, you made this money in crypto. Now you're blacklisted. That's what I'm really trying to avoid. But guys, we got 402 live listeners here. Show us some love and smash that like button. We are showing you an XRP to US dollar pairing here. But what I think is more important, Johnny, is this article right here. Ripple has now added a banner on their official website that says XRP is not a security. Find out more about the ruling now. And then you can click a link to a linked article where they actually break down the Ripple ruling. Is this a shot at the SEC? We learned a lot. We haven't got to address this because so much has happened this weekend. We interviewed Jeremy Hogan this weekend. And all of our listeners, if you haven't checked it out and you're interested in the Ripple ruling, look at our interview from Friday. It's about an hour and a half. And we touch every single part of the Ripple part of the Ripple ruling from the SEC. But with Ripple changing their website right now as a settlement talks are still ongoing, Johnny, is this telling about where they believe they're at? Do they already think this is a win? And should they already be celebrating after our interview with Jeremy Hogan? Well, I mean, yeah, no, this is not a, this is, I don't think this is a uh, thumb in the face of the SEC, uh, you know, so-called, as you asked. I think what this is, is them just recognizing the portion of the ruling of the lawsuit that they went two and a half years through and $200 million worth, okay? And now they want to come out and, 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 and advertise and take advantage of that ruling. And I think that's all this is. And they have every single right to do that at this point in time the rulings in their favor for the piece that they wanted there's absolutely nothing wrong in my opinion with them go ahead going ahead and doing that because that's the ruling that's the law right now that's the rule that's it we have the clarity for them and this one particular lawsuit they have every right they've earned it they want it i have no problem with them doing this whatsoever i don't think it's too early remember i was the second part of the case is it no longer about whether XRP is security? It's whether or not Chris Larson and Brett Garninghouse aided and abetted the whole. Oh, by the way, check that out. Interesting tweet uh, about whether or not they facilitated aided and abetted in those security sales. Okay, so that's a, a completely different piece of it. It has nothing to do with the way they were advertising. So I have no problem with it. Cash flow. We got 405 live listeners joining us. Smash that like button. Remember, if we get over 300 likes, Johnny Crypto is back flipping off the deck into the no, water. No, no, no. Right. Let, me put a <laughs> stop. Let me put a stop to that right now, okay? If you guys ever want to see Johnny Crypto again, there will not be any backflip off of this railing into the water. I'm just putting out for the record. Hey, adrenaline, <laughs> adrenaline is a hell of a drug, Johnny Crypto. And depending on the news, you may have some <laughs> adrenaline pumping. But Andrew Cashflow, this is a tweet that Johnny put out last night, and I just wanted to get some quick remarks from you. It looks like the Bitcoin halving is less than a year away, 270 days away from a Bitcoin halving. Does that get you excited? Are you anticipating we're going to see some similar momentum? Typically, when we get a Bitcoin halving, the markets are very bullish. What are you anticipating for spring of 2024? Spring of 2024. At least I'm always looking at, at highs and lows, so so all-time highs and, 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 and the lows following after that. I look at least at a two, maybe maximum three X for Bitcoin related to the previous uh, uh, all-time high. So I think somewhere between uh, two and 300,000. And then it will drop again. And I expect it will drop again with at least 70%. And that's so when our users... There's a lot of opportunity here. So ah. load your bags and... Uh, but do not invest more money than you can afford to lose. And that's why we created our application Merlin, which is the smartest way to track your crypto. 90% of the money that will come into this market will exit on the back end, just like Andrew said. If we go to 200,000, 
we could come all the way back to $20,000 for Bitcoin. That would be normal market structure. We got 394 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to close this thing out by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. Thank you to Andrew Cashflow. And thank you to NFT Tones this morning. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get the shit together.